Welcome back to the Farmstead. We're glad you're here. Pull up a chair and rest your heels, and let's talk about large family living on the homestead. Let's get after it. Let's do it. Tap, tap. Is this thing on? Can you hear me? Nope. Can't hear a thing. Can you hear me now? Nope. Hello. (laughs) Is there anybody in there? Just not if you can hear me. Is there anyone home? Ah. <laughs> I'm not sure if it's the Benadryl talking or if we're just that tired where we think we're that funny. <laughs> I know I'm not that funny, but I know that your Benadryl is talking for sure. <laughs> you looped me up before we came down here, didn't you? No, I just did. I couldn't stand seeing your eyes all puffy and swollen and it looked really weird like you should go to a CNI doctor. <laughs> so... Welcome back to the show. <laughs> wow, well, there we go. Well, hey, folks, we're glad you're here. Well, it was a beautiful day today. It was uh, 55 degrees or so, sunny. We got out and... Uh, did it get that warm? It did. It was super warm. Super, super warm. All the bees were out flying, and uh, we, we went out and got them winterized, got them ready um, for the winter time. and I'm out there working, and my eyes just start itching. And so I start rubbing them and rubbing them. They won't stop itching. And the next thing you know, they're all swollen shut. And then looking like I just had the whole what for from a couple of those colonies there. Yeah, the kids actually, when you walked in, thought you had gotten stung in the face, in the eye, around the eyes. Yep. Nope. So you gave me some Benadryl and... Now here we are. (laughs) Now I think I might be high on Benadryl. Should be a great podcast. It should be awesome. At least for me, I should have fun. <laughs> How about you? Are you feeling the goofy or loopy? No, I feel great. You don't I have any uh, overexposure to uh, insulation battens? I feel like I am definitely part of the itchy and scratchy crew. And now I know why you assigned me to that job. Because it is super fun. Nothing, nothing says love and affection like helping your partner insulate the addition. <laughs> Which meant I pretty much did the entire entirety of the sidewalls, and then we all had to work together to get the roof done. Which was probably the most itchy and scratchy part of it all because it's falling. It's all anything that falls falls right on you. Yeah. Um. So I had a homemade. I had crocheted a scarf last winter for myself, and it was kind of a bulky, chunky cowl. I guess is what they call them anyway. I don't know if I'm a saying cow? right. Whatever. Not a cowl. K O or C O W. It's like. Anyway, whatever. It's like a scarf that's like an infinity scarf. So it like it like a cowl wraps around head? you. <sighs> don't annoy me. You just have that face on you, like the kids get when I say, "You know." What mother rabbits do to their young? (laughs) This is actually the face. I'm trying to figure out another cow word. But I've thought that cow and cowl. (laughs) So anyway, I wore that. Plus uh, a hoodie. No, yeah, no. Uh, My hoodie. And then a flannel shirt and a t-shirt. 
so I wore several layers just because, first of all, it started out being very cold. The job started out being very cold. But then when it wasn't cold, that those layers helped protect the insulation from getting down my shirts into my, you know, neckline and just making your, you just get so irritated from itchiness. It's not bad enough. It gets in your nose and sticks to your face and it makes all your nose and face itch. But if it gets down into your neckline, it gets so, you get very irritable. I do at least. And so. Out of all the jobs uh, on home remodeling, my two least favorite is full with insulation and finishing drywall. Oh, and those are basically what we have to do. That's like we saved the worst for last. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, it feels amazing to be this far and knock on wood. That's not wood. Try that's this not, one. That's okay. There. Knock on wood, we're getting really close to being able to get the kids uh, into those ro- into those rooms for Christmas. Yeah, as summer went along, we, we told the kids, okay, I think a realistic goal, for being super honest, would be by Christmas. And I think we all pretty much hope to believe that. Yeah. And now it's actually looking like, as we get very close to Thanksgiving, that it's going to probably be a realistic, you know expectation to to get to meet that we're goal. We're doing it in our spare time. We're doing it with cash, so we're not going into debt to do it. So it's taken longer. Uh there's a certain amount of pride you have too because you're we're doing this all together. And a lot of these are things that we've never done before. So we're kind of learning on the fly, figuring things out. I guess the worst case scenario, our kids grow up to hate country life, but they'll at least know how to dress a deer and build a house. Yeah. I could think of worse skills to have as youngsters. As I, yeah, I think as I was pestering the boys to help me um, this weekend, because, you know, it's easy to, like, need to go get a drink and then just disappear for 10 or 20 minutes, um, which is standard teenage procedure. Um, I said, you know, I know this, like, seems like, you know, whatever right now, but just think. If and when you ever want to do this for yourself, you'll have the knowledge. You'll you don't have you you'll have done this once. Like that's great to know that they've already been exposed to all that. You know, some kids don't know how to swing a hammer and our kids are, you know, framing a roof. Framing roof and putting metal roof on and hanging windows and hanging siding and uh, you know, hanging insulation and they're going to be hanging drywall and, you know, they, they've done, they'll be installing their own flooring and, you know, all those things that I, it's, I'd never done it before. So there's that. <laughs> yeah. Is it, I think it's a great skill to learn just like anything else. It's when you have those skills, you, nobody can take that away from you. So the more, you know, the better you are. Yeah. It's been fun working together as, a, as the Burns Wrecking Crew, making all that happen. The the further we get into the project, the the better we all are at working together. Uh, and it's 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 going to be really nice to to see this phase of the of the addition uh, kind of behind us and can kind of you know 
move on. And I guess that's kind of what we want to talk about uh, on tonight's episode is we've been trying to get down here for about the last month or so to to get something recorded. Uh, but I think, folks, we've been real honest and uh, letting everyone know kind of exactly you know where our our time commitments are what our restraints are you know we've got goals of you know once a month or twice a month to be able to you know put an episode out the fact of the matter is the 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 last part of this year has been just complete chaos with figuring out scale and context with the farmstead balancing uh our you know full-time business homeschooling and then raising seven kids on the homestead and building this addition. It's an awful lot to um, kind of take on all individually, but all of these things all at the same time, uh, you know, it, it really takes a lot out of you uh, physically and mentally to make as much of this constantly work as it, well as it does. And, it doesn't mean it always does. <laughs> oh no, it, it's, we're, it's 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 certainly not perfect. <laughs> dragging around like a limp dog sometimes, but or looking like a ragged dog. Oh it, yeah, definitely feeling like a ragged dog. Uh, and then you get to a point to where all of a sudden you are walk in to a brand new hallway entry that's never been there because you just cut it out of the side of your house and you walk into an addition that's fully wired and fully insulated and it's just you just have that moment of like you just take it all in and it's like wow we're we're doing this we've we we did it we're we're moving you're moving on there's always you know there's always a a next hurdle a next unknown a next problem um especially when you've never done any of it it's one thing to it's like when you take on a new task and have to learn all kinds of new skills and then try to do it in such a lofty way like you have, it, all of this, this entire home edition has been like in your head. Scary. <laughs> Real but, scary. And so most of the time, like, I don't know, 80% of the time, I don't exactly know what's going to be happening next. Like when we're adding a front porch and one of the sides of the front porch has OSB laying down on it. And I thought, hmm, that's weird. That's not decking. And you go, no, that's going to be a kitchen nook. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, what? <laughs> I thought we were going to have a deck across the entire front of the house and then... Uh, it was going to kind of like look out to the side and you would see a like a three, four seasons room or whatever we were going to call it, a mud room. And you're like, oh, no, 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 this is a kitchen nook. So we can sit down and, you know, drink our coffee in the morning. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. You know, like I'm rolling with the punches because this wasn't a blueprint. This wasn't something we you know, we bought from a, a, a home edition book or, you know, got a blueprint at Lowe's. It, it was, this was all in your head. Well, I don't want to sound too woo-woo, and it's definitely not the Benadryl talking. Or maybe it is. Maybe it is. Or maybe it's the Pink Floyd playlist. I'm not sure. I don't even know but what anyways, you're going to say yet, but I'm sure it's... What, 
you know, a lot of things with with art and with cr- uh, creating art, creation in general. It, I'm I'm kind of of the woo woo thought where a lot of these things manifest and present and show themselves to you as you kind of embrace that. And so I could have never in a million years sat down and drew out anything that's here. There's just, I don't, that that's just not the way my mind and hands, they don't work like that. There's, I look at something I see, and then all of a sudden it's kind of like, you know, I can see it being built on the spot and I can see this and I can see that and it stays there. And then you just start with one two by four at a time. And the next thing you know, everything works and everything's beautiful and everything is flowing and has, has its place and a purpose and even a feng shui, if you will. Doesn't mean we haven't hit hurdles where the brain didn't quite understand oh, how man, it correlated. The right when hand you're didn't know what the left hand hard. was doing. You push I'd, I'd say, hard. well, what was the plan there? Mm. And you're like, I don't really don't I don't know if that was part of the plan. <laughs> and it's, you know, so then sometimes like I'll I'll be at a place where I'm not quite sure, and then we just figure it out. First thing in the morning, I will wake up, and I've either had sometimes even had a dream about or i would just wake up knowing or that little that weird place of sleep and rest and right when you first wake up and then it just boom you know it just so blueprint blueprints are great uh for folks that work off blueprints and that's a very consistent solid way to do things um but and then there's the dreamers. I've always just even even uh, even playing back back playing in the band. I, c- I could never look at a piece of music and memor and just go through it and memorize it. Looking at sheet music um, or even a chord chart, I can listen to it by ear. I know where the song goes, but I always like would lock up if I had to play something a certain way. And so if we were playing a blues tune or a jazz tune or we were just jamming for literally four hours for a set. Like you have a set list, you know, here's the points that we're going to hit and you just, you know, you find the groove, you hit that, that flow state and things just go. And that's the fun part about the bees and the house and some of these things that we do here is like, I feel like we're in tune with just letting, uh, some of these things be, uh, as, as they will. And it's, it's a lot of fun because it, it, it allows so much, uh, improv creation where that's not exactly the way things are done. Right. You know, you're looking at blueprints and how-to books and there's very specific ways. Of course, there's building codes and there's the safe way to do things and we're, we're, we're abiding by all those. Um, but I, there's, but then you can get creative too. Yeah, you have the you have the flexibility to to do the things that that you want to do because they fit your lifestyle. They fit how you're going to use the house. They, you know, you're you're not you're not locked into a a cookie cutter approach to anything. Right. And I think as we get older and the more experiences we have, it's like we start to see, you know, we just don't go by the the cookie cutter way of anything. We kind of just beat to some weird, goofy, woo-woo, contrary drum. And it's been a lot of fun yeah, so it's far. Yeah, definitely not always by the book. But yeah, How do we get so. to this point to where we've gotten so far with the addition? Because, you know, there's always a bazillion things. 
I don't know because I feel like we just we get really um, actually to be honest I feel like a lot of times it'll it'll feel like we we've it's sat stagnant and then we're like yeah we got to work on this or the kids will start asking like when are we gonna do you know um, and it kind of we we decide to get less busy with something else and get refocused on and sometimes it's a matter of balancing you need to work and you need to travel to get the the funds in place to actually afford the next step so it's 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 been a lot of uh, a patient un, uncharted waiting game <laughs> you know we couldn't chart all the expenses you might think you know what you need but when you you can't because you're not using a blueprint you can't say okay yeah well you know when 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 you have a deck being built they know exactly how many two by fours and four by fours and uh you know brackets and you know all the things they need and they can literally down to the dollar tell you what it's going to cost you plus their labor. And we don't always have that because we don't always know exactly. I mean, we can say, okay, um, you know, this door is going to cost us $200 or this each window is going to cost us $200 and we need six windows. Okay. We need to save up another thousand dollars or whatever the case may be. But most of the time we're trying to, you know, we're waiting for a money, but mostly time, you know, it, it takes a lot of time to carve out to get enough momentum built up to get a pr- that that next step done. It, putting in windows wasn't just like, well, I'll wait. You know, Tuesday looks like a great day. We'll just we'll just throw them all in on Tuesday. Right. That's not the way it works, you know. And so, a lot of times we would need um, all hands on deck. You know, I needed to be holding the ladder. Jacob needed to be holding, you know, the window from the inside and you were pushing it in from the outside. And, you know, there, there was, everybody needed to be in place. And it, it was a just sometimes a, a group effort to get certain things done. And then other times you could do things on your own. And it was when you had free time um, between your business and be stuff and, you know, farm stuff and every other thing pulled in you know pulling you in a different direction i don't think this problem problem is it a problem or is it a opportunity whatever way you want to spin it no matter where you're at in life in whatever context there is always a a time and money balance what's your grandpa always say grandpa burns yeah you're there's there's never enough time. There's never enough money. You don't ever seem to have them both at the same time when you need them. And that's that's pretty much it. Where there's times where you can get caught up, where we have the funds to make the next move, but we don't have any time to do anything with it. So we have a stack of windows that that sit, or <laughs> an entire house of siding that sits, right, uh, and then ends up in a livestock trailer where it's just waiting on you to to finish up. Hey, the two sides that are done look good. They look pretty good. And then sometimes, you know, there's been a there's been a a couple really nice uh, three and four day sections of time, uh, like once a month, where we have the time and we have the money, and we can just boom. We we, everything kind of and we get so much done. But 
there's there's been some other reasons that we haven't been able to get quite as far as we wanted to earlier in the year, and that's because we just have so many dang irons in the fire constantly. Yeah. You know, that's 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 kind of what we do. I mean, it's it's amazing to be able to have the fire at the forge to put the irons in. Um, but the ambitiousness of all that can be really challenging and it can be, it can be a problem. And we've, as we get more experience here on the farmstead, we're learning to be honest with ourselves and our ambitions and have those realistic expectations, uh, with it all. And we're doing better and we're, we are balancing out the time and money and iron debacle yeah more so than we've we keep getting you know kind of better you know so you really have to be able to remove irons from the fire to focus on the flame you can have a forge and a flame that is just white hot and you can have all of the irons in the world you want in that fire. But you only have two hands. And you can't bang all that steel. So imagine a blacksmith. And he's over ambitious. And he's building, maybe he's crafting a, a sword. And an, a set of ice picks. And some coat hangers. And, and, a, and a, a, a harness for a horse each requires different skills different amounts of time different uh, different amounts of material he personally is fueled by by the flame and the, and the passion to do all these kind of things the flame itself physically you know also has to be maintained to be able to put those irons in it to put that steel in there to, to, to work it to shape it if you have too many irons in that fire, you can't tend to them all. Yep. What happens when you put too many irons in a fire? Just imagine, imagine a, 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 a imagine our little propane forge, and we just start stuffing steel in there. Just stuff it, stuff it, stuff it. With a with a with any fire, when you start to choke the life out of it. The fire extinguishes. Yeah, the flame goes out. And then you're left with a mess. Now you're left with broken dreams and unresolved ambition. And that's a whole mental and and psychological uh, repercussions to all that. Because you're just over ambitious. You're biting off more than you can chew. And you also look at it as a failure. You know, when you see failure and you constantly see that as a failure and all that iron as failure, each and every one as an individual thing, it can create a a mental space that leaves you kind of down and out. If (laughs) you buy cows, chickens, pigs, turkeys, and goats all in the same season and 
you don't really know how to take care of any of them properly and they all die, do you ever buy those animals again? You know, I mean, let's be realistic. You know, not only did it cost you financially, but it costs you mentally too because then you get into a mind space where you feel as though you've failed. Failure is hard, especially in this day and age. Everybody gets a medal. Everybody gets an award. Everybody everybody wants to be recognized. Everybody nobody wants to be known as the loser or the failure, you know. So it's super hard to do things and then have it be seen as a failure, even in your own mind. Now, it's kind of nice because at least in our relationship, I'm, you can be real with me and I can be real with you and we don't take it, well, we take it to heart, but I think we don't take it to heart as much as if somebody else were to say, well, that's, you're a loser, you know, or whatever. Yeah. If, if you go and do something and I feel as though that's going to be a major failure, I'm going to tell you before you go and do it, if I can catch you. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know. That's, I think it's good to have a balance. I think it's good to be able to still see your flame by not putting too much iron in the fire. <laughs> that, you know, that's, it, it's an important, we've, we've done. Hard lessons learned. <laughs> you know, there's been, there's been a lot of things this year to where, you know, at when you're making a decision to make a change that at the time seems drastic to you. Uh, and if you only knew that in a couple of short months, the change that you make would be so far in the back of your mind that it, you're not even worried about it, you know, you'd be more apt and inclined to make change sooner. Sooner, yeah. You know, we um, we brought a couple Dexter cows here, uh, and they were friendly, hardy, um, you know, little cows, um, and they. They were bred when we bought them, and they calved. And once they calved and uh, raised the calves up, we we butchered the we, we butchered the the moms. Uh, the calves were incredibly tiny, and at almost two years, they were still maybe four hundred pounds soaking wet, live weight. You know, which which is tiny. Well, come to find out, they. The bull that uh, bred the the heifers there carried a dwarf gene, so we ended up with miniature <laughs> half size cows. They were cute as can be. They were f- I loved working with them. They had great personalities. They were hardy, but when you start running, you know the costs and overwintering uh, cows uh, to where the minimum yield you have on them is as a beef carcass is x amount of pounds and you and at a minimum we're putting x amount of dollars in hay over winter when you start to run those numbers and then the 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 time and effort to do it when you realize that oh my god this is literally a pet at this point Mm -hmm. it it makes zero sense financially or freezer wise yeah uh i 
you know, so it's like you start to make. So we we decided uh, somebody was over and they 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 loved the cows there and they wanted to take them home. So we uh, we we sold those Dexters off too. And at first I thought, man, what's this going to be like not having any cows here? Like I don't know that we could do that. Like we, it, it just feels right to have cows here, but. You know, I, I we knew that there was so much to do. There was so much that we there's so much time that the that the cows take, and that's the hard part. Is you know, if you have two cows, you know, having two cows is really not that different than having four cows. No, neither one was. Um, you do more frequent moves. Your you know, and for us, moves is a little bit more. Uh, time-consuming because we're moving, you know, fence. We don't have hard fence um, in most of the farm land, and it's also not part of the homestead, so we're going there doing that, you know. Um, It's not like, you know, right where we live. I can't just see it from where we are, so it, it, it... takes a little bit more effort and that that was that was one you know reason why I saw um you know we had a winter paddock for him so that wouldn't have been too bad but chipping the water and keeping it from freezing and all just getting round bells in and all the things that we did last winter I just thought you know I really want to have a winter off of that because I knew that our winter was going to be focused on doing the thing that we had committed to two years ago, which was not cows. No. It was an addition. And I wanted to see the addition get finished. A lot of times, dreamers have lofty dreams, and they're amazing in their heads, and they start them, but they don't always button them up. No, that's... <laughs> and I really knew that this had to be done. It was connected to our house. Yeah. And it was going to be part of a home I have to maintain. <clears throat> it's not a fence project that I don't care if it gets done. It's not a round bale that didn't get moved. It's not anything outside the house. Like we always tell the kids, <clears throat> is it outside of the house? Go see dad. Right. Is it inside of the house? Go see mom. This addition is part of my home, and I can't make my home a home as a homemaker if it's not finished. Right. So right now, <laughs> the goal was that the, our winner was going to be finishing what we started on the addition. And so I just like really felt really, really strongly about not overwintering animals this year. And some people are probably listening, like, yeah, who cares? You just make a decision one way or the other. I wish it were that easy because a lot of times some things are cut and dry. It's okay. Do we want a, uh, the door to open in swing or out swing? Left hand, right hand. <laughs> Ceiling fan, LED, incandescent. Blah, blah, blah. It's, it's cut and dry, but some things aren't. And some things aren't just kind of cut and dry. There were very good specific reasons why we had the cows there. And we were starting to see the fruits of that labor. But no matter what it is, no matter what you're passionate about, when you start to despise the action that you've committed to do, you really have to check yourself. You really have to take a really hard look at the situation there and go with your gut. 
you know, most of the summer, uh, I, I just, even though we went down, we only went from four cows to two, I just, I started the, the, the joy and happiness started to get sucked out of, of having a couple cows because there just wasn't enough time to do it the way that I want, that I felt number one needed to be done. But number two, it was just time that was being taken away from other things that I have already had, you know, the weight of the world on my shoulders about and driving back after, after, you know, uh, dropping those cows off down to, to Southern Ohio. I mean, it just, like boulders just rolling right off of you. I mean, it was, I loved it. I, I mean, I've never been so hard, so happy to, to park an empty trailer in my life. Well, and... It, oh, and it wasn't just the cows that went. No. We also took the famous Sugar the Goat. <laughs> also went and found a new home in Southern Ohio. Yeah. So now we have, we're looking at a homestead that is critterless. Well... Well, mostly. Mostly. We do have ch- laying hens. There's a duck. There's this rogue duck. I mean, I don't even know how it still survived. That Pekin duck. There has is... been more dead chickens how from old is that rascal? I don't know. I don't know because I don't know how old they were when we got. Let's them. See, is it a boy or a girl? I'm trying to think. I don't know. It's loud. It it crows like a it's it's quacks loud in the morning, and so the I always so remember like a female. You know, always, always being loud. Okay. No I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, the the female ducks are like that. But when they're the loud ones are the females, and the ones that just the hissy kind of sound ones, those are the males, the drakes. The low, gruff. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's a her, and she's been up here for I don't know how long, and she's a Pekin, which is like a Cornish cross breed. You know, everyone says, oh my gosh, you can't keep them forever because they'll just die of heart attack. This Pekin nah, duck, she got to be. She didn't get the memo. She got to be whew, three years old. I don't know. Because I don't know how old they were when we got them. So I have to pick it. I don't know. I don't even know. All I know is that we're critterless. We have an empty goat pen. No we cows. have no cows. Well, the pigs went to the market. All the little piggies went to the wee, market. Wee wee. wee, 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 all the way to the freezer. And then um, we didn't do. Um, anything else this year so we had plenty of chicken in the freezer we so we skipped out on doing that and turkeys so it was laying hens which will hopefully keep laying enough yeah right enough those freeloaders aren't gonna do nothing over the winter who you fool you kidding they'll poo poo all over the white snow (laughs) well i mean yeah they do have they do serve a good purpose at least for compost Uh, so we're pretty much we're, we're I call it critterless. We've got, what, maybe 20 chickens left? Yeah, I think there's, well, there's too many roosters and probably about 15 hens. A couple, three roosters, 15 hens, a Um, duck. A duck. A horde of cats and kittens. Yeah, we have cats, so, you know, freezer meat if we get desperate. Kids and And um, bees, and that's it. A dog. Don't forget Maybell. Oh, Maybell. Oh, we had three dogs this weekend. We did. That was kind of fun for a minute. It was, I was so happy. We had two big white horses come visit. Big, two big old Pyrenees showed up, uh, and uh, uh, anyone who has Pyrenees, they're they're uh, they're such awesome dogs. They are. But everyone who's shy about Pyrenees, 
like me, it's because you just can't keep a Pyrenees in one spot. And we're on such little acres. I mean, they're just they're known to just roam for miles and miles. And that's what that's what these these rascals did. They did. And through they the, had through a the magic of your friends and and Facebook. Y'all found the the owners. And I know, and we we met a neighbor, kind of. I guess if if I could spit far enough, it would be a close neighbor. Like just a couple miles down the road. Yeah, and, just a couple miles down the road. So homeschooling was, family, so that's super cool. They were the coolest dogs, though. One was on one side of the house, and one was on the other all night long. Yeah, and they were both keeping watch on opposite sides of the house, and you could hear them back and forth echoing the barks back and forth whatever and then eventually you wait you know i got up in the morning to make coffee and there's this big old fluffy white polar bear laying on the front porch right by the door just it was like it owns wider than the door they were cool i if, if if you could keep those dogs in one spot without chaining them man they were just beautiful you, behaviors i don't even know how i mean somebody's got to have a hundred acres to be able to not have that dog getting in timeout. but if you live off a road I mean, well, things I chase. don't know many people that don't live off a road. <laughs> I mean, when you when you when you took off to go into town, I, I was hollering for it to come back, and I thought, oh man, we kept them at our house. They were from, following you um, from basically dinner time uh, to lunchtime the next day because I just have a horrible memory of growing up and having a a Pyrenees that uh, liked to chase milk trucks until one day. The milk truck won. Yeah. And that's just no fun. No. So that was the one thing I just could not stand is I had to find the owner. I was not going to let those dogs run off. If, it, if I had anything to do with it, I was not going to let those dogs run off until I found somebody that knew who they were. So in the midst of just uh, in all the crazy things that go on here, there's always things like this that just kind of... yeah pop up as we're as we're saying that we're critless it reminds me this has kind of been like a slow progression to where we're getting smarter and we're getting more honest with everything like we've started pulling we started backing things off and pulling things away because it seemed like in the every fall i would i would get uh, uh, maybe i don't know if grumpy is the right word but everything piles up on you yeah, you feel you feel like there's like fall is literally falling on you. You literally have things just falling everywhere. You're tripping over your own boots. You're 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 everything that you've started from spring is piled up all summer and then all of a sudden you look at it and you're going the snow's going to fly and I'm not done. I'm not done with this, that and the other and I'm spinning 14 plates and they are all going to fall and freeze to the ground. I don't know if you have to, you almost have to be stupid like we are or were or continue it's to be. It's the school of hard knocks, baby. Because, you know, it, it starts to cool off and we're butchering all the meat birds and then there is no break because then we're butchering all the rabbits and then it's Thanksgiving and we're butchering all, all the, the turkeys. turkeys and then it's uh, getting rushing and trying to get all the bee stuff done in time and then you've got two hogs that you're going to butcher and have 50 people to come over and learn how to butcher hogs and have a hog roast and then you've got all you've got you know 400 pounds of pork to make sausage with and get in the smokehouse and get all that ready and then there's still the oh yeah I never got the bee stuff done let's do that 
in the midst of the hordes of cats that are constantly all over the place. Oh, and yeah, I have a, a job. Oh, and there was a garden that needed the, the, all the last stuff needed picked two months ago, and yeah. all that kind of stuff put to bed. And by the way, the cow's water is frozen, uh, and they're out of hay, and your your guy is not there. He's a week late with round bales, and you can't get a hold of them, and you're trying to find grass just on a couple couple head, and now you're getting just towards the end of the year towards christmas and you know you've got all these projects going on you're trying to find enough money and time and you know make for a nice christmas and it's getting cold and your propane's getting low and you didn't you never split enough wood because you didn't have enough time because you're doing all these things and you end up and then it's january and it's like time to start and plan and doing all those things all over again you're like what in the world we sometimes i feel like we literally escaped the rat race of the city and we created a rat race out here in the country well you know i don't know who said it but you know i've heard this said before that simple living really isn't simple it's not as simple as everybody thought because the people that were simple living often didn't have to they weren't dealing with the rat race of today duh you know they were making ends meet by living off the land which was a job in and of itself it was their day to day they didn't have the luxury of having 14 irons in the fire we are not pioneers though we don't live off wood alone we have a propane driver that comes up our driveway and fills our propane tank and electric running to a house that has electric, not, you know, candles being lit and, you know, Ma puts the, you know, cornbread on the cook stove. And yeah, it's great to think that you can live like that and read the book and do all the things, but you still live in this world. You can't, I, we can't separate ourselves from what we what we live in we we live and we we are in we're recording do you think yeah 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 we're yeah, this, is we're going over, this is going over wi-fi and do people are going to catch this message over their phone yeah I, I don't know if it's if it's because we've advanced so much as a, as a civilization that you can't just go back in time and live simply you no matter no matter what you do you cannot just go back in time and live like that because even if you try the rest of the current world is still living in that future that you're trying to escape. Well, and the, and I think the thing we we try to remember is some of the things that we're doing here are because we we truly love the art of it. So so we are keeping bees because you enjoy that. You enjoy being a beekeeper. You enjoy having that give and take with the bees that that what being around them gives you okay and so that that's great i enjoy gardening being you know getting my hands in the dirt and working with the earth and growing things and seeing life you know spring from the ground from a seed that was laying dormant in a you know in a box and produces sustenance for my family. That's amazing. I, I love it. I enjoy the time that I spend. Does it mean that every single moment of every single time I go up in that garden is not work? 
absolutely not. I'm sweating. I'm getting a sunburn. I'm, you know, I'm irritated sometimes because I'm behind on the work that I've committed to do when I started growing it. Does that mean that if something, you know, a pepper falls to the ground because it rotted before I picked it, I'm, you know, I failed? No, because something's enjoying that, you know, just not me. But I think it's, it's, we've, we've gotten out of the rat race and I think we've done some of these things We've honed in some of these skills because we want to replace right. things. You know, I want to replace the can of, you know, whatever laden, you know, tin and coated and, Spaghetti you know, with, or whatever. You know, something homemade. Yeah, with homemade, homegrown green beans or tomato tree, sauce. or simple ingredients. Yeah, the, well, I know what everything is. I can pronounce everything because there's no label. I made it. I grew it. I canned it. And and so those things, you know, we keep our beasts because you love beekeeping and I love helping you and we enjoy the fruit of the labor and, and we take some honey or we get to melt down wax and make salves and candles and goodies. And that's fun. I think it's fun. I love to make soap. And, you know, the the fat from the beef that we've grown and rendered down and made into tallow can help me make that soap, you know? All these things have like, as you're mentioning this, I'm, I'm thinking like all the things that we've done recently. Made our year supply of sauerkraut, applesauce, we put our honey, we're you know, melting wax down. Like every single one of these things that we do pulls on like, I don't want to say a, a heart strength, but there's like a common thread inside of you inside of me that is just aching for that kind of life and that quality of life that that simple living and the struggle is finding the balance between being a modern man who has evolved in the civilization to the point where we are today knowing how far we've gotten away from these, these old-time ways and trying to find the path. If, or the balance. I think that we try to find the path backwards to get there, but maybe we're looking at it the wrong way. Maybe it's, it's we need to f- just find the path. We're already on the path. And just be more mindful of balance trying to find the balance to where we can incorporate as much of these things that we feel like we're called to do, that we're passionate about, that rings true in our inner being, uh, and, and do it in a way to where we're less conflicted with feeling like we're, we've got one one foot in the old-time ways and the, the other foot, you know, and mm-hmm. in, in, in the, the right-now technology-laden man-evolved place and time and I think that's where finding that balance it it seems like one of the lessons one of the the takeaways we have with everything is finding balance whether it's time and money whether it's uh, the things that you want to do things that you need to do uh, it's one thing after another 
you know, we were talking about pulling irons out of the fire. You know, every fall we started to pick up on this thing that, man, we're getting grumpy. We're running ourselves ragged. Everything's piling up. Mm-hmm. It always seemed like there never was enough time and money in the fall to make all the things happen that we wanted to do. And when we start reevaluating, like if we're not enjoying, if if joy and happiness aren't consequences of our actions, something's out of balance. And so we started, okay, cutting back on meat birds and cutting back on turkeys, getting rid of rabbits, mm-hmm. uh, started selling off some of the, the goat herd. And one thing after, we're like, we're pulling one fire or one iron out of the fire slowly. And now it gets to the point where now you've got a select few irons in the fire that you have time to get hot. And now you can pull that iron out and you can you like set you can it on really that steel. Them. You can put it on that anvil yeah. and you can swing that hammer and you can you can tang, 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 and you can shape that and you can enjoy the process. And you can you you have that you you can put your hands and your mind to that thing and you can actually see it through. You Next thing you know, beautiful. you're hanging your hat on that 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 coat hook, or you've made that knife, or you've made that whatever. And You've got to be able to pull irons out of the fire, and you also have to be able to focus on the flame. The, what's the saying? Um, build a life that you don't need a vacation from. Ugh. I'm not exactly sure, <laughs> but that's that doesn't make any sense to me. Well, I think a lot of <clears throat> the I've heard that a lot. Um, where it, when it comes to um, finances, um, also a lot of the modern day homesteaders will say, oh, well, you built a life that you don't need a vacation from. And I think they're getting after um, maybe the the rat racers, you know, the ones that are taking three or four, you know, cruises a year and vacations here, vacations there. Um, we see a vacation as a, day and a half get away to nowhere with no cell phone service. Right. <laughs> we don't see a five day cruise in, you know, the Caribbean, but that is a vacation. I mean, everybody has their own definition of vacation. I'm not going to slam the person that takes a, a Caribbean cruise girl, pack me in your bag. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why I didn't get that invite, but what I'm saying is, is I think that, is completely out of kind of I think that's out of context for a lot of people because if you can't take time be it a date night to refocus on your marriage so you can get a word in edgewise to your spouse while your kids don't interrupt the conversation or be it a day and a half getaway for your 19 year anniversary and your wonderful loving mother takes your seven children and all they're crazy. So you can go horseback riding so and cave exploring. So you can go horseback riding and cave exploring for a weekend, which was all surprised because it was done up by you. And stay in a little cute little, you know, country cabin that reminds you of home. It, it it's it's super important, no matter what it is, whether it be a date night to focus on the flame in your marriage or be it a day getaway to walk a cave or walk a new 
national park or forests or whatever it be to focus, to just get out of your own place, space, to clear your mind and to be able to have enough time away to truly focus when you get back, to see everything for what it is when you get back, to to realize what you do have is a wonderful blessing, not feel burdened or bouldered down by it. And I think, you know, getting that getaway um, helps helps us. We've done it a couple years in a row and it, it is an amazing thing. If you only get an afternoon, if you only get an hour or two, take the time and just, even if it means not sitting at a table at a Panera Bread with your phone and your spouse you know, your phone open to social media and your spouse across from you, turn off everything and just let your mind think. Just let it be quiet. Like, you don't have time to be, you know, first of all, you have no signal where we were, but you you also, we didn't take the time to go, well, let, what, did, you, did you update your, your, you know, Snapchat, Instagram, and Twitter? You know, it was it was one of those we got away to truly get away and stay get away. away yeah to to clear our minds and go wow this is so you know obviously it helps our marriage because that helps us refocus to see the flame to you know you're not maintaining any you know anything i'm not doing laundry i'm not make making another meal or cleaning up another meal or stepping over toys or you know making making beds whatever i'm doing i'm constantly 100% busy what in whatever i'm doing while i'm home but if i'm not home i have time to like just enjoy quiet just to talk to you like get an entire conversation or three in that's awesome but it doesn't happen unless we actually make it happen. And it's, it was in, it, I think it was important to us to do it because we were able to go, yeah, like it was a really awesome choice to part with these things. We were okay with it. And we were excited about talking about what winter is going to have for, in store for us. And possibly what we'll be able to do into the spring, you know, you know, we're both dreamers in a way. I'm definitely less ambitious, maybe. I don't know. Oh, if that's you're, the word. No, you're definitely you're equally or maybe more ambitious. You're just more of a realist, and I'm maybe a touch more on the dreamy side. Mm-hmm. When we work, I've got Pandora and all kinds of stuff planned, and you can work just fine and quiet. Yeah, because I get very little of that during right. the day. <laughs> yeah. So, so I like to work in quiet. Like I can be in my own mind space, and like I don't need music. But that's anyway. We're talk, you know, we're talking about focusing on the flame. Like we just had literally probably the most amazing meal I've ever had. It's one of those remember meals. Like you, I will remember that meal forever. <laughs> you made ham, green beans, potatoes, and cornbread 
all in cast iron cookware. And you used the wood cook stove. And we had a wonderful pot of coffee. And the reason I bring it up is not to brag on your cooking skills because they're second to none, but and the cornbread was perfect. Thanks. Texture, sweetness, the glaze held its shape. I should be. I want to be. You know, maybe I, want, I think I want to be a cornbread judge when I grow up. <laughs> but think about what is in place to keep a cook stove operating like it should to cook all those things. Now just think about let's 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 go let's go with what the simplest thing first. Just making coffee. Okay? You can use a cook stove to eat your house and we do. Right? So you start off and you build you build a little fire and you build it up, you build it up, you get some coals, you start adding a little bit heavier heavier logs in there. Next thing you know, you're you've got coals, you've got enough flame, you've got enough fuel in there. But then what do you do? What do you adjust in the back? Yeah. You're you're adjusting the damper to either have more air come in or less air. You're maintaining the combustion. Okay, and then so for coffee, you orient the logs in a certain way to where the flame is licking the under, on the underside of that surface, so it heats up right where your where your coffee pot's at. So you're 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 manipulating that. You're you're putting your hands to it. You're you're looking at it. You're listening to it. You're smelling it. You're adjusting the air, right? Like there there's maintenance involved to keep that fire roaring like it needs to. Mm-hmm. You know, you could load that thing plum full of wood and you might have a super hot hot fire for a second but eventually it's gonna if you don't maintain it you're gonna have a cold fire with hot coals to where it's warm but that coffee pot ain't percolating so there's there's effort involved you know so if you're making coffee and you've got your your Dutch oven in there and you've got your ham and your green beans and your potatoes you know, that requires maybe a different heat for a longer period of time. You have to find the right place on the stove to put that and still adjust the air with both those things involved. Now you throw cornbread in the mix. You throw cornbread in the oven. You've got coffee percolating on the top. You've got your Dutch oven that's also on top, getting all the heat to kind of uh, steam inside of there. You might have put the Dutch oven actually in the oven for a spell. And when you're using the oven... You have to change which chamber the smoke flows to. Normally, the smoke is rising up to the top chamber and it leaves right out through the, the chimney. When you're using the oven, you close that top so flue it circulates so it around. goes all the way around the stove and then goes out the bottom. So it's heating up that entire area around the wood stove. So now you've got the coffee on, you've got your ham and green beans and potatoes on, you've got your cornbread. Well, you got to rotate your cornbread inside of the oven or it's going to burn because the hot side is the side that's next to the wood box. Mm-hmm. There's, you're adjusting air. At the same time, you're loading the right size logs in there. You're moving things around. You're balancing. You're, you're observing all these things. Like, that's with love. That's with marriage. That's with life. That's with ambition. If you're going to focus on the flame, you got to spend time focusing on the flame. You got to understand 
what is actually at work? What is powering all of that fire? You continually add to it. You continually build. There are seasons where it's more effort. And then yeah. sometimes you get a nice coal bed going and you, it can just kind of keep, keep at a steady rate. You get some nice logs in there. You choke it down. You go to bed. You wake up. It's hot enough. You put something else in. Open the air back up. And you're back to making coffee before you know it. Right, and that I mean it that's with anything. It you is, gotta, and and for us, it you know we we the homestead is is nothing but work. It it every aspect of it is constant work. Yep. Every waking second is work. Yep. And you have to sometimes get away from that just long enough so you can honestly reevaluate the situation. You can reevaluate all the irons. You got to make sure. Uh, is is this iron still one that I want to hammer on? If not, am I good of 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 parting ways? Or do you take two or three irons and you put them in the white coals and you put them on the anvil and you forge them together? You know, you you just no matter which way you handle it, you you've got to be able to go with your gut, look at the situation, and realize, hey, you know, if we're not focusing on the flame, those irons aren't worth a lick. Right. Well, and and if you lose focus to be able to be real enough with yourself or your spouse or whoever to say, hey, we've somehow gotten off course and we we need to reevaluate. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. That's it. That's it. So it's been, I've, I don't think I've. I've, I've, what I'm noticing is in the sp- in the last couple springs, I'm noticing the apple blossoms and I'm seeing all the change and appreciating the gradual change from season to season. This fall has been my favorite so far. I've I've been home during peak colors, uh, through the rain, through the cold, uh, and I've I've got to experience not only the the weather side, but the current workload with animals uh our our passion our ambition our desire our time and our money all these things are starting to find a little more balance than they ever have and what's great about that is when you are making the sauerkraut with the kids or the applesauce yeah we can be in the moment as much as we possibly can and enjoy the craft enjoy the art of it without feeling like okay hurry up Okay, the kids can't do that part of the applesauce because we need it done five minutes faster because I got to go move cows or got to go do this. Like, I'm enjoying some of these things because we don't have that element. And last year, we did have that element. And I went ahead because I make applesauce every year. I make sauerkraut every year. Right. <laughs> and so that we have it in our, you know, larder, if you'll, if you, whatever you want to call it every year I don't prefer store-bought versions of those things and last year was the epic fail we were feeding rotten apples to animals and and we we were feeding cabbage to chickens because everything went bad because we had goats and there was cows and there was, you start to think, it's like, oh my gosh. And there was just not enough time. And when you don't have enough time and then you make, you push to make the effort to do it anyway, um, it would have been an, 
a disaster because I am a person that finishes what I start. You don't get halfway through a batch of soap and say, mm, I'll do it a different day. You, you have to finish it. You don't get through, you know, softening apples and then decide you're not going to make applesauce. You, I sh- should have never bought them, but my hope was to get it done on a specific weekend and it didn't happen. And so no matter the excuse, you know, it went by the wayside and it didn't get done. And, and then this year it did and I was happy and I was excited and I was thankful that we were able to do something I love doing, especially with the kids. And we even pulled off a batch of apple butter. Yum. Yep. I haven't made apple butter in years. You can't do all the things all the time, all at the same time. There's a season for everything, and that's what makes it so beautiful. What there's something about I don't know if it's if it's a if it's a uh, modern man thing if it's I don't I, I I get confused with what they call us whatever time period that we're whatever label stereotype but maybe maybe that's it but it seems like when you commit to doing something folks in our generation identify with that thing to the point to where we have a really hard time giving that thing up because it has created some kind of an identity like you start raising cows so now you you're the cow you person take too much of that identity on as yeah you know <laughs> even things that sound ridiculous like we didn't do a, a hog roast this year there was no Oktoberfest. there was no hog roast no nope. and the reason was because that's five days in total of cleaning prep and the whole nine yards that we knew we weren't going to have that that I didn't want I, there was no way I could could sit on January 2nd and say okay kids here's your room January 2nd because I spent 5 days fooling with these hogs well it was it was definitely one of the things where we decide is it going to are we going to lose momentum in one place to put the effort in another place and when you get the ball rolling a lot of times, like with anything, you don't stop halfway making applesauce when you've steamed apples. You don't stop halfway on siding unless there's a storm brewing. You get right. the siding done. You gotta you see know? some things through. You have to see them through. And, and we've hit periods in the edition where you have to get, get it finished. You have to get the window in. You can't do it halfway. You gotta get dried in before the storm. Right. That's just the and, way it is. And we needed to get certain things done and buttoned up and 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 so we had to we had to say you know what can't do it can't do it was it a bummer not seeing you know all of our friends of course you know but the the ones that are our friends they understand that we're the the the, the situation that we're in uh and they it's, real it's friends no aren't surprise. friends for just one season or right. for one event they're friends for so we're, yeah for the long haul so we're looking forward to this coming year <laughs> and, and seeing how you know kind of all those things play out and where our, our time restraints and things are but you know that's that's it, that's just the way that it is we're we're, we're learning uh to 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 get, get to know ourselves this this journey that we're on and uh so yeah we want to take a little bit of time tonight just to you know as we've working through some of these things pulling irons out of the fire to focus on the flame 
that's just it seems like it's such an important reoccurring thing with us that we wanted to kind of share uh, yeah have you ever done that have you ever hit that place in life or that season and realize like wow i just gave that up but now i'm enjoying something so yeah. much more if you have let us know yeah should it uh, yeah uh, send us a comment let us know if, if you're are you pulling irons out of the fire right now if so what are you pulling out and I would, I'm really interested in the mental approach. Uh, if you're doing that, what what what's triggering that, and where where do you see that kind of going for yourself? Uh, we've had a lot of a bunch of questions and uh, and comments and things like that. Thanks for all the the reviews and uh, rating us on iTunes. Um, you want to answer some of these questions? Yeah. Okay. Let's see here. We got a bunch of questions here. Let me get it pulled up here. We're uh, we're super uh, professional here with looking at all this. You want to your uh, one fat eye? Yeah, I'm actually <laughs> looking through one eye right now. Here, do you want to read the first one there? Yeah. Okay. So we just got caught up with your latest podcast last night, so. Your timing is perfect. Here's a question. What do you do to keep from going stir crazy when the temps are super low and the chores outdoors are finished? Well, we'll start with Greg. What do you do to keep from going stir crazy? Who's the question from? Oh, um, Sheena Lewis. Our friend, Miss Sheena Lewis. When the temp gets cold. This is the first year of baby being mobile. I bet she's getting a little like itchy. Like um, their beautiful baby is definitely getting more mobile. She's going to definitely be, you know, uh, crawling from wall to wall to wall, if not soon running from wall to wall to wall and bouncing. And you're going to go, hey, where's the mini trampoline? Um, <laughs> They're so fun at that age. <laughs> I know. Yeah, but then they can get into a lot. And I think you just have to be able to think outside the box. Um, so what are you going to do to keep from going stir crazy this winter? Well, you like to be outside. See, I get cold quick. My you favorite don't. time to be outside is when it's cold. Uh, yeah, you want to go tap maple trees, and I can't feel my fingers or toes. So, so when it gets cold out, what I like about the wintertime is it forces some things to slow down. Yeah, and it's kind of weird. Ever since I've been a kid, when it storms out, like when it's a like a thunderstorm, or if it's a if we get like a, a blizzard or a bunch of snow, I love that feeling of the f- of nature forcing you into a corner or, or forcing you into a place to where you have to just stop and slow some things down because then you get to experience and do some other things. Yeah. So personally, what I do when it's that cold out is I'll go out to the workshop. I'll put a fire on, uh, in the wood stove out there and build bee boxes and, and, and do all the things out there where there's never enough time to do get start to get all the equipment and things ready um for bees uh we'll melt down all of our wax and get all that all that kind of ready too yeah um that's so i i really enjoy that on on top of all of the uh the, the deer hunting and uh you know 
cutting down trees, getting stuff ready for firewood, uh, you know, clearing trails. Just the you know the regular homestead stuff that you do outside when the ground's hard yeah. and the the leaves are off, so you can you can you know you can see where you're going, see what you're doing, what trees you're going after. So that's what I like to do uh, when it's when it's super cold. What about what are you looking forward to doing this winter? Well, when I don't have the garden to do, what I like to do in the winter is focus on snuggling up, reading good books, especially read alouds with the kids. That's a great time because they're kind of stuck. You know, if they aren't ones that like to go outside and freeze their little butts off, they are kind of stuck listening to mama read a good book. So um, we read uh, we do a lot of read-alouds, and that's a good time to catch up on those because summertime, hey, it's busy. And a lot of times they want to be outside playing, not listening to me. So we get to do a lot of read-alouds. I love to crochet. So um, we will crochet. We will sew. We'll break out the sewing machines. Um, the girls love to like, I know it's silly, but they, they'll take super glue even. They'll they'll do some fingers, you know. They'll they'll do some hand sewing, but and and they'll use the sewing. Izzy especially will do the sewing machine, but they like to make like Barbie doll clothes out of leftover fabric and super glue, even like the like Annie. Um, they will they'll start to get super creative. We do a lot of like homemade play doh and. It's everywhere all the time, and just we, please no slime. Just, no, no, no. I, I've banned I, slime from the house oh, forever and a day. Um, so yeah, that's definitely the kids just know they they keep asking, but I I'll, I just say no. Um, and we enjoy a lot, a lot of baking, so we try. I try to stock up on as much of that as I can um, because we do a lot of the same uh, baked goods. Um, our yearly tradition around Christmas time is to actually let the kids, um, every year we have, I have about three or four um, specific Christmas cookie magazines and they each pick what they want to make that year. So it's one cookie recipe that they want to try and mama and that kid gets to make that cookie. Yeah. And so we do it about a week before Christmas and we, me and that specific child go into the kitchen and make it. Nobody else is allowed in there. They can, they all get to enjoy them when they're done. But that kid goes from start to finish. We read the recipe. We, we do all the mixing together and all that. And that's a really fun tradition we've kept since actually before the twins were born. That was that's probably one of my favorite traditions. <laughs> I mean, I just, I'm not sure I have to even have to say that, but, and all the cookies. Especially now that there's seven kids, so, there, so there's, there's at least seven, seven dozen cookies being made, so you get a whole and they're week. totally, they're totally keto cookies. Right. And by keto, well, I mean not keto. We decided to celebrate about a year into uh, keto with uh, cornbread and potatoes and green beans. The trouble is we started celebrating like three months ago. Oh, I don't know about three months ago, but it was probably right around our anniversary where we kind of cheated. Yeah. I'm and pretty sure I started backsliding with Sean Brown when he, he, he brought over something to drink for the 4th of July. Oh. I've kind of been, it's been a, it's been a slippery slope. 
Well, I think we're going to try to get back on it, though. We're still doing great, though. We only gained a little tiny bit of weight We're still back. mindful of those things. That's the thing, is That's, mindful. Yeah. I think it's all in... Balance. Balance. Like everything else, it's like all in balance. Else. So, uh, so, okay, so Sheena asked uh, that question. Dustin says, hint. They've got you know seven kids. Wait, what, what do you think they're doing when it gets cold out? Uh, and she says, uh, "I meant what? What do they do with reading good with books? The kids, not what do they do to make the kids?" <laughs> so. We like to go sledding too. That's a really fun thing to do. All right. Uh, so we got a comment here from uh, Rob Witchert. Uh, good morning, Burns family. Your queen and her colony are still doing fantastic. Fingers crossed for a good winter. Well, thanks, Rob, for the update. We're glad they're doing so well. We're uh, actually pretty excited to announce uh, we've got the website open for sales. We're going to be delivering bees again this year. Yay! Uh, we're going to pick them up from Don the Fat Bee Man and deliver them into uh, Georgia, Tennessee, Kentucky, Ohio, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. Um, we're also going to have our, our own locally adapted queens that are Fat Bee Man genetics overwintered here in Ohio. We'll have those available this year, too, and also some overwintered nukes uh, and some nukes throughout the year. So if you're interested in bees or you want to learn more about bees, feel free to reach out to us. You can uh, order at naturesimagefarm.com. Everything's live and ready to go for uh, the bee sales for next year. Yeah. Uh, so Joseph Waldorf, he comments, uh, what is the due date following Saturday's shenanigans? What's the over and under on triplets? Oh, geez. So we went to the hills for a uh, little uh, Halloween get-together and had a bonfire and all that. Yeah. And we had to leave a little early. Well, we had gone to a... What do you want to call that? A bee? No. It's a Ohio State Beekeepers Association. Hosted what? Annual conference. Conference. Okay. And we had gone to that. So mom kept the kids that day because it, we there was no kids there. Um and so she kept the kids for us that day. And I think he just assumed when we're kidless, we can somehow make more kids. And that's not going to happen, buddy. <laughs> yeah, we got wild and crazy. We were without kids and we uh, had, to, had to leave the party early so we can get home and get on the fat B-man B-chat yeah. in time. Yeah. We're, we're party animals. <laughs> you want to read the next one there? Uh, Honey Roland asks, hard oh no, she has a hard lesson learned. No animal is a super great deal unless you have the fencing and housing already built. Amen, honey. Uh, make like Kevin Cosner and build it before they come. Okay, so yes and amen. I learned that in the school of hard knocks with a milk cow that had no barn. And be it a barn or no barn, she died of pneumonia. I don't know why. But that was a very hard lesson learned. So, yes, it don't bring animals into conditions, especially Ohio, sucky hormonal conditions that you can't properly care for them in. It's just not responsible and no matter how much you want something you can't will it to live if it's if it's if it's in conditions it can't handle and it gets sick if it's used to being in a barn keep it in a barn if it's used to being outside keep it outside you don't put a great pyrenees 
in a warm house by a cook stove, they're going to be miserable. They're outdoor winter dogs. They love being outdoors in the winter. You can't put a, a barned milk cow outside in a, you know, swampy, cold, yeah, rainy muddy hillside that you're yeah, learning all these things it, all it's, at it's, once. It's, it's, that was a hard lesson learned. It was a very hard lesson learned, but we learned it and we didn't do it again. <laughs> we we get by with uh, by the seat of our pants on a lot of things here with with portable electric fencing. Yeah, not having infrastructure. Yeah, and for the most part, you know, it it works out pretty good. But there are certain times where I I wish I never I, I wish I didn't have this barn and I wish I didn't have this perimeter fence. Said no one ever. No, no one ever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, Steve Esber uh, asked insulation pros and cons. Funny he asks that because I'm not sure if he's. I don't the think he's meaning. Yeah. Show. Uh, Steve bought bees from us this year, so thanks, Steve. Okay, I didn't know uh, that. I thought he was asking this past year. <laughs> I, I think he's probably meaning with 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 the bees there. Well, uh, that R nine nineteen is a that's really a whole great topic for uh, a whole show. That the, the the tricky thing about insulation is if you ask yourself why are you using insulation, is it to keep the bees warm? Is it to keep the lid from getting too cold? Uh, are you wrapping insulation around it? Is it in the lid? Is it in the lid? Are you creating an igloo? You know. Folks assume that bees die because they get cold. Bees, it's my opinion that they die because they get wet and they get cold. And sometimes by using insulation or using some overwintering techniques in the wrong context, in the wrong climate, can, can cause you some issues. Right. Here in Ohio, specifically where we're at here in the valley, I don't want house wrap on my hives. I don't want insulation around them. And I don't want insulation in the lids. All of our boxes have holes drilled in them. They're ventilated. So they can close up those vent holes with propolis. And they can open it as they want. They, they can, can control that airflow. I want to make sure that my hives breathe. If I was in, let's say, like where Michael Jordan and Danil Freeman are at out in Colorado, where they've got 50 mile an hour winds and it's minus 10 degrees, I would want probably a solid windbreak around them bees. They also have feet of snow so if, to wrap a hive to keep the wind you know as a windbreak makes sense there yeah you know here in ohio when we're not dealing with that and you wrap them with black paper sometimes the you hurt yourself by trying to do the, the right thing you know a black tar in paper context in yeah. central ohio on a hive where the average temperature in the winter is like shoot last year was probably 50 degrees 45 degrees like it it's not cold enough and so if, if it is like 35 40 degrees and you've got black paper on there on a, on a sunny day that's great that it warms up that hive and the bees may get out to get a, a cleansing flight but when it drops off too quick at night and they get caught out of cluster there's so many things that can potentially happen to where they're breaking that dormancy and they're yeah. eating more honey to stay warm, and they're more active. Yeah. So it can be a double-edged sword sometimes. Is there a right way or a wrong way? I wouldn't say that. There's there's just a way that works for you in your context, and unfortunately, a lot of it's through through trial and error. So as far as insulation goes, um, I, we don't run any kind of insulation at all on ours. 
Uh, we keep them ventilated. Uh, today, we just put some dry sugar on top just for an insurance policy. And uh, it also uh, attracts some moisture. It absorbs moisture. It's like a desiccant, so that, that helps too. And then for us, that's like a multifaceted thing where it helps us choose which queens that we actually breed the following year. The hives that make it through... Uh, and have have less mortality going in with this with the, the the smaller size colony that doesn't use the sugar. Those are the ones that we get excited about because they're on their own. They didn't require any of that. So those are the kind of locally adapted genes that we're looking to to continue to develop. So we can have a, a sustainable um, beard, beard, yeah. uh, and and farmstead. So if you so yeah, so Steve, it's a great question. Uh, there's so many different ways you could go. You could go about that. Just if not, I'd choose R19. R R19. Yeah. Knopf. Yeah, Knopf. Uh, glass wool. Mm-hmm. Menards. A little itchy. Make sure you save 11. percent Save big money at Menards. Yeah, that's right. But uh, no, so they're using. They actually use foam board. They don't not using this goofy stuff that we are. But they're using foam board and the lid. Uh, <laughs> wrap them around. Put them on top. Who knows? There's a million ways you I could do that. I thought he was talking. I thought yeah, it was some. I didn't know him, so I was like, "Whoa, he knows I'm insulating soon." <laughs> wow. Our buddy Tom Dahmer says, "Nice mugs. How does a simple living guy in Minnesota get one of those beauties?" Well, what Tom is talking about is we had some highfalutin. High speed, low drag coffee cups made with the Farmstead logo on it. They're they're pretty slick. I like them. They're cool. So we we have enough made to where we wanted to offer them to our listeners, and a lot of folks have reached out and they want to support the podcast, and they've asked, "Do you have a Patreon? Can we send a donation?" Of course, it sounds weird if we say no, but. Anyone who knows us knows kind of what our stance is on these kind of things. Like, I'm, I'm not really for the, just give me money so I can perform whatever it is that I want to do in life. As silly as that may sound. So we thought, if folks want to support the show, is there a way that we can they can support the show, but they actually get something in return? Yeah. So if that, hey... Coffee cups are kind of cool. Uh, when Terrence Lehu, Lehu at the Intellectual Agrarian had me on his podcast, he sent me a mug uh, as a token of appreciation. I thought, man, that's a cool move. Not only is the cup awesome. Yeah. Uh, and who doesn't like to collect coffee cups? I don't know why you do, but you do. Uh, but it's that was a really cool idea. And I thought, hey, maybe we, we could try something like that. So... Uh, you can go to our website, naturesimagefarm.com. If you want to support the podcast, help us fund this podcast, we're selling the coffee mugs, uh, and we're going to throw in something a little bit special with the coffee mugs. Uh, if you guys feel like uh, you find value in it, we thought about if you buy a coffee mug, uh, they're 30 bucks. the shipping's included. 30 bucks is a lot of money for a coffee mug, uh, but rather than just give us money for to donate towards the podcast, you get something in return. On top of that, the kind of value add to the deal, we're thinking about starting a private Facebook group just for uh, the farm. You mean like a cool kids club? Yeah. Or a coffee club? Like a I breakfast don't know, club? Maybe. No, it can't. The contrary just be crew. Right. Cool. It'd be a, pri- a private Facebook page to where 
we can just share stuff that we're okay with not being edited things that it, that aren't the it, we don't it's not the fancy youtube format it's it's uh we're jumping on the tractor we're going to go to this hey check this out or you know maybe you're doing something with the kids right well i mean there are Making things applesauce or a yeah. little video of what we're doing with the crowd or just just the kind of the the nitty-gritty behind the scenes just regular cut stuff that you, you would that, share with people that are closer toward with you yeah yeah absolutely that's fun it's fun to see uh, you know how unkept my house is right now it's a mess i definitely live in a hole in the wall <laughs> there's, there's actually one there's two there's two there's one's, two one's like a very big hole in the wall, in the wall. <laughs> so i don't know We're, it, it, we it, might show you that if you guys think that'd be cool go to naturesimagefarm.com uh order a mug support the show uh it's a it's beneficially uh mutual and uh would like to be able to share uh, some of the behind-the-scenes, inside approach to kind of what we do with folks that support us uh, as well. And maybe every now and again, we'll do like a Facebook Live thing, you know, Q&A, just hang out, talk. Uh, that's just, just for that group. You know, find ways to make it special where we can, you know, still build community, build some relationships, uh, and, and do it in a way to where it's mutually beneficial. Yeah. Thanks for the comment, Tom. Okay. I'm Let's glad see. you like our ugly mugs. <laughs> <laughs> Someone has to other than our mothers. <laughs> okay, Rachel Hester has a question. Do you, uh, did you already talk about why you made the switch in beekeeping from honey production to colony production? If not, what's your favorite part of the switch and what's your least favorite part of the switch? I don't actually know that we ever intentionally made a switch or shift um one way or the another. No, we when we first started, we were just trying to keep bees alive, and then <laughs> through that learning, we ran across the fat bee man's methods, and then uh, Don became a commercial mentor to me to learn how to raise and keep bees, and then it was a natural progression that I just fell in love with making bees and it's not my um focused hobby so for me i i see it as an opportunity to have something that i could would otherwise not want to buy from the store so i would like focused hives for honey production right and the rest for your bee production well, I almost got into a little bit of trouble this year because we almost didn't have. <clears throat> <laughs> shame, shame, shame! I, I got a little crazy. I got a little carried away. Well, that's a that's a story for an, a whole other day. But the the bee yard was a runaway train uh, because I've built a, such a magnificent monster, and then just said, you know, peace out, homie. I got to be on the addition job for the next three months. So things went a little squirrely. I really love uh, just there's there's something just intriguing to me uh, about building and developing a relationship with a hive and being a part of their entire life cycle and their and the whole and, and the super organism as a whole with all the hives making queens and and seeing that increase in that surplus. And I'm always blown away with just how amazing and beautiful of, of, a, 
just a life essence uh, and the, the the vibe and the energy and just the whole thing about a beehive is just it's amazing to me. Uh, and so I'm drawn towards just personally drawn towards yeah that aspect of it. It's kind of like I almost get that same feeling when I'm looking across and I'm seeing this these shelves full of pickles and sauerkraut. There's also like a, a, a hillbilly uh, self-sufficiency thing that draws me towards this aspect of the bees as well as the appreciation for what you do with storing all the food is the ability to to, to grow and develop a resource uh, and to do it in a way that that's actually sustainable, you know. So yeah. it's been one of our goals is to have a bee yard that's sustainable, uh, and it's also resilient that it, it can withstand ebbs and flows. Right. Um, and so it's been a lot of fun to be able because one the, the one of the most important things uh, that you can do with beekeeping is learn how to make bees. You know. Well, yeah, and I thought I'm not sure that the, a shift was. So there wasn't really a shift. I, I wouldn't say from honey towards that. We've trying trying to find a balance where we're, we're getting enough honey for the kitchen. Maybe make a little bit of mead. Uh, but the primary focus of our bee yard uh, is for nukes and queens, making more bees, getting those genetics uh, to folks who find value in them. Yeah, absolutely. That's a good question. Uh, let's see. Mark Smith asks, or he says, buddy, I've got to have a mug. Where can I order one? <laughs> well, Nature's Mark, Image funny Farm? <laughs> you should ask. Nature'sImageFarm.com. You too could have a double-sided Nature's Image Farm, the contrary farmstead mug for your very own breakfasting. Now, I, yeah, you don't use coffee just for breakfast. You could have an afternoon tea time. I've been drinking out of the same cup all day. Yeah. There's been coffee on all day. Hey, and if you're a hot chocolate lover, hey, go for it. Or tea. Whatever you want to put in that mug. Yeah, it'll drink the same. Daniel Bokris, can you talk about biodynamic beekeeping? Dan, you're such a buster. (laughs) I think Dan and I are going to talk about that uh, in an upcoming show about the Ohio State Beekeepers Association. But let's just say there was an interesting conversation about bee having versus beekeeping. Dum dum dum. Dun, duh, duh. <laughs> oh, Nick Stexholder's got a question here. Let me let me click this to open it up all the way. Okay, ready? It must be long if you have to click it to open it up. <laughs> Nick is great. He not a, he is super good with words. He is, and he's super good at putting a bunch of words together and uh, sounding super intelligent. He is. He's a smart fella. Okay, so he says, I know you've talked about right sizing your ambitions in the past. Wait a minute. It's like he's already heard the show. Right. Okay, wow. I know you've talked about right-sizing your ambitions in the past on the homestead, but as the temps grow cold, I know my ambitions for next year grow exponentially, specifically as it relates to placing orders for live plant material, bare root, scion, etc. I know I have wasted a fair amount of money in the past few years on live plant material, only to see much of it dry up or go unplanted because my ambitions were bigger than my motivations and time allocations when spring rolls around. How do you right-size your spring plans during fall-winter planning wishing season? You get you a very penny-pension wife. Whew. (laughs) That might cost you. (laughs) Well... I tell you, Nick and I, 
I think oh, we, you we are both, like brothers separated oh at birth. We, I think we both really Especially see the lo- value in perennials. Yes. And both appreciate that the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago, and the yeah. second best time is today. The worst time is to let it die. So it's really easily, it's really, really easy to justify the expense of buying trees and buying rootstock and, and even buying them in wholesale to get that price break because in your mind i can plant a thousand of these yeah they're teeny tiny little pencil sticks i can i can do that yeah in your mind it makes sense right but then reality sets in and unfortunately the reality of the situation doesn't set in until the nursery's already collected payment button Mm -hmm. and it's already shipped Mm -hmm. and they've been sitting outside in the sun Oh man, this one kind of hurts because I could. I'm mean, I literally. I've I've literally spent five thousand dollars on nursery stock. It had no plan for it. Did not have the time to put them in the ground. Or you, you did. Them. You had a grand dream. Um, That's true. I had a plan, but there wasn't the balance to execute the plan, was there? No, there wasn't, and I think that was before. Um, we were really trying to talk out dream versus reality. And I think we've honed in that skill quite well in the last couple of years. Um, um, hence the, the rule of thirds. Everything that Greg wants to buy, we cut by like... Two thirds. Two thirds. Two thirds or more. And, and we check ourselves before we wreck ourselves. Because you, you're essentially creating that that epic fail feeling every time you let things die and 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 it's it can all be with the best of intentions it he's not ordering it because he wants to see it die he's ordering because he loves what he's doing well he loves what he wants to do yeah but (laughs) you can you can really want to save the planet and switch out your light bulbs but you know you throw the old ones away in the trash and it's going to the landfill (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's not helping anything. It's at the end of the day, you need to be able to you need you you need to be able to take your your seed order, whatever that is. I do the same thing. Yeah, oh, those catalogs. Oh. I stopped even looking at them. I started just saying, "What do I want to what can I actually put in this space? What, what needs to come can? first? Yeah, what can what I needs use? to come first? What needs to come first is A, B, C, and D. Okay, so what are some really fun things I'd like to put in? E, F, and G. After that, nothing else will fit. So if I can't go from A to G and and weed out any of the, you know, fancy, flary, you know, whatever, you have to take your time and effort and say, what what can I do with that time? If I think I'm going to have an entire week to commit to planting things, you better go ahead and just cut that in half and say, I'm going to have three days to commit. Because if I can envision a whole week, reality says it's going to end up being three days of rain and three days of weather that I can barely get out in. (laughs) That's just the way it goes. That's just the way it goes. You know, there has been springs where it's been so wet, it didn't matter what you tried to do. It was either wet or freezing. And... And then when it wasn't wet or freezing, it was hot and your plants were dying because 
it was too warm. You know, like there is never a perfect, you know, and when it is, it's great. But that's that's the year you didn't order anything because you forgot to even place your order and they were sold out. Some of the some of the best things have happened because the scale found itself. How do you right size these ambitions? Well, you have to wrong size them a couple times first <laughs> to realize that they're the wrong size for where you are currently. Right. So we didn't order much rootstock at, at all for ourselves this year because we ordered so much last year. And mm-hmm. we went busy and went and restrained our grafting ambitions last year so that we could graft instead of grafting a hundred apples every year we cut it back to 30 yep maybe it was like 40 and we ended up with 40 beautifully grafted apples that because we weren't trying to graft a hundred of them we had time to correctly get them to the nursery beds yeah when we had that dry spell they got irrigated from the pond yeah we were able to keep a mulch keep the weeds down and as a result, we were actually able to plant our new orchard this year. That should we should talk about that in the, in the next show. Yeah, let us know if you actually want to hear about. You want to hear about the exactly how we went about that and rootstock and grafting and layout and all that. Uh, big shout out and thanks to Kyle Huston that came out uh, to help me dig some trees. We had a great time talking and and uh, getting to know each other and hanging out, having a little a bit of longer coffee. range neighbor, but he was awesome to meet and yeah he's only a few miles away he's been a listener they bought a turkey a couple years ago and had no idea that we actually were this close so (laughs) thanks kyle for listening and uh hanging out it was uh great to meet you in person and uh, looking forward to, to seeing you again down the road there so nick i would say if you're anything like me only actually Set aside and schedule time for one-third of what it is that you actually think that you want to do with the upcoming season. And then do that well. Do it really well. We planted a thousand trees poorly. Yeah. And there's maybe 30 of them that are living. And we planted and grafted 30 trees well, and they're all still alive now, and they're, they're caged, and they're protected, and on and on and on and on. So where do you draw the line there? on scale, ambition, and risk. And all those things kind of depend. But I think Nick is smart enough to know because the last couple of years, him and I have both done the same thing. Went over overboard with what we thought we could do and then we're left holding that bag in May and June and July and August Ugh, with, yeah. with dead root stock and, and nasty slimy scion wood and Rain it back. Yeah. Knock that out of the park. Because as seasons do change and life changes, it was such an amazing treasure to have our nursery beds full of these beautiful grafted apples that did well because we rained that back. Yeah. And as a result of it, the fruits of that labor, not only do we have time to put to other things that needed to be attended to last year, now this year we had an orchard that I'm so so excited happy and excited about. about. Yeah. 
yeah. And hey, you know, if if you if if you just can't rein it in, shoot us your wish list and we'll cut it down for you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So, uh, hey, Eric Rosendahl says a great question. I second it as I suffer uh, the fate more than I'd like to admit. Well, well, we all do. That's the thing about it, Eric, and you know, Nick. Rotten apples gotta, and cabbage. You gotta check yourself before you yeah, wreck yourself. You do, and you, sometimes you have to wreck yourself a couple times. Uh, unfortunately, you gotta learn the hard way uh, before you can know where those opportunities are. You know, you, and this whole entire time we're we're real, you're, you're you're just you're, you're faking all of this while we make while we figure it out while we're going down this road as we develop these experiences, these wins, these fails. We actually get to a place from faking it to actually making it, and that's 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 pretty cool. Uh, Terry says mug orders. How do we buy them? Shirts, long sleeve T-shirts, sweatshirts, hoodies. <laughs> Sheena says me too. Dan says me three. <laughs> well, naturesimagefarm.com. Get you a mug. Order a mug. Support the show. Uh, get into the Cool Kids Club. See the behind the scenes nonsense Raw. that goes back here. Yeah. Uh, Carol Haney writes, You kids are an inspiration to so many and more to come, I hope. Love watching you grow. Well, Carol, thanks for that. That really means a lot. Uh, Carol's a beekeeper down in Georgia, and uh, she's going th- going through some, some health things right now. So so keep Carol in your thoughts there. Carol, hope you're doing well right now, and really appreciate you reaching out there. Yeah. Um, and then the last uh, last one for the night, Doug Nance. He's, Doug's down, a, he's a beekeeper. Uh, down in North Carolina, not too far from Mark Smith, I believe. Um, he says, we're about to buy 16 acres of virgin land. Never been lived on, just timbered a few times. Taking our chickens, bees, and stray cats with us. Where to start? What would you do first, second? Thanks. Wow. That's a whole show, Doug. And let me just say, there is something to be said about a common principle that you find in permaculture, which is spend the first year observing. Yeah. You got to learn. You, you really got there, There's some things that really matter on the, the, the solar perspective, the even the lunar perspective, but where, where the rain and the water moves and where the wind is and where the sun shines, where it doesn't shine. Uh, you know, there, there are seasonal things that happen. There's also, I think Doug's, uh, you know, I would say Doug's probably of the mind too, where he's probably a little woo-woo with the land, and so he's got a good intuition when it comes to being more open-minded about feedback uh, in those situations. There, so Doug, you got to be able to spend enough time uh, in contemplation, enough time uh, where you can meditate and and get in tune with your surroundings. Uh, and if the first thing you do is jump on that land and start going crazy and doing Hacking all the homes oh man you're you're gonna uh, you. I, my first thought is spend the first entire full spring summer autumn and winter getting to know it observation observation i don't care if it's a notebook or an iphone take pictures 
note where you see water standing, where you see dry patches, rocky areas, animal pressures. You're taking your chickens with you. You don't know if there's coyotes and raccoons that just love eating everything you own. I mean, especially bees, skunks, you know, who knows? So at this point, observe. Find out where you fit on that land. Focus on the necessities. And for him, that's going to be the chickens. Keeping them alive. The bees. Get, yep. get those systems set in Settled. place. Observe the rest of the land. Yep. You know, if you're feeling like there's a, a, a sweet spot that just feels right, you know, to put some apple trees and things like that, get those in the ground. Those, those take a little while. Yeah. But first, first things being first is eventually... You gotta have water. Water is is the most important thing. You gotta have a water source. Uh, where that is, how you use it, lots of things to talk about there. But your water source is is huge. Um, and then get those long term game things like perennials, like apple trees, like nut trees. Uh, if that place has been timbered and you're shy uh, in fruit, man, get those that those sustainable restorative uh, perennial food crops in the ground uh, so you can have them there uh, if you need them or even if you don't you know you've, you've got them to do something with yeah so water perennials that's what I would say good question that's a great question man that's a whole like that's a whole course that somebody would sell you it's a Good bunch of night. That's, that's a great. A, that's, that's a great question. We could spend a lot loaded. of time kind yeah. of digging digging through that one. We never, you know, where we where we bought this, that was that was set in stone. The house was here. Now the land that we owned, uh, you know, the other acreage. Yeah, that's something that we observed and enjoyed for years. Years before, before we, we did, did anything. anything, and we still don't have really that's, anything there. Yeah, other than the orchards and stuff, but like we don't have a home there or anything. So. And even when we put chickens there, we didn't know the animal pressure that we ended up encountering. So even if you've been there and observed certain aspects of it, you don't know all the aspects of it. Goodbye, 200 chickens. It was four grand of meat birds gone. Yep. Over what, two or three nights? Yeah, that was that a lot was of hard, hungry. That was a hard lesson learned. Hard there. lesson learned. That was a wreck yourself moment there. Yeah. But hey, that's that gives we you did not win the medal. a lot of insight there. <laughs> we got no gold medals for that one, did we? No. <laughs> well, guys, thanks for listening. It's been uh, fun to get back on. Uh, I, I would say that I'm sorry that it's been so long, but uh, it was you know, long-winded. We didn't, we didn't. Yeah, we didn't. We didn't do anything wrong. I, I wish we we could have uh, you know had more to come out between now and then, but that's that's. That's the well, style of the hey, show. Hey, just cut it in two and listen to it two different times and you'll be... Or listen to it twice. You listen to it... Or, well, it's probably long enough that you could... You, they're going to have to listen to it in like or fourths. play it backwards <laughs> and see if there's any hidden messages in the show. <laughs> I'm too tired to make a hidden message. <laughs> Until next time. Be the change. Be the lighthouse. And keep it contrary. We'll see you guys. Bye. Don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Ha ha ha! Good night, Seattle.